In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Finally here, training camp has started and the reports are coming through and we're going to be breaking the news live across the pond in England and I'm here with Jack Duffin. All right, buddy. I'm here with Ian Wright sitting in a car in Chicago. Listen, there's nothing that can keep me between the soothing tones of Jack Duffin and the boisterous spirit of Paul Brown. Pull over to the side of the road, fire up the computer, log on to the hotspot, talk Browns football from the lovely Burr Ridge, Illinois. Well, that's not really true, Ian, because we did plan to do a podcast yesterday, but you had a wedding plan to do. Uh, we were going to do that Sunday, I believe. I believe you ghosted us yesterday. <laughs> You're not married yet, though, are you? No, no, we got a few more buttons. We're holding off. But let, let's start straight away. You know, there's videos. Uh, Jedrick Williams is in the building. Baker Mayfield with some very sexy shorts is in the building. What do you think about them shorts, Jack? I, I, I can dig black and yellow. I can dig black and pink. Black, yellow and pink. Nah, it's not for me. There's too much going on. Ian, what's your view? Beautiful. I'd wear three pairs. Anyone know what brand they are? No, I My guess is they're some, some fancy European designer. I'll blame the English on this one. I'll take that. I do love um, the long sleeve Henley look, though, with them. That's a good look for me. Yeah, it looks like every, everyone's there. There's two players, if I'm correct, that haven't turned up. Oh, I can confirm they are Nike shorts, likely from the Odell collection. Ooh. Nike. Austin Hooper's in the building. Yep. And Joku's in the building. Ooh, that is a bit of gossip, isn't it? Probably demanding extra food is uh, lunchtime. Um, what players do we know aren't in the training camp? Is it the Ernest? Uh, Hilliard's not there. And Hilliard. Hilliard and Javante Moffitt will be, uh, they've been exposed at some point. Obviously, we, no one's confirming whether they have it or haven't, but they are in a little bit of a quarantine. So, But I, I will say, though, at least a little bit, the Browns have not had a member of the team opt out of the contract for 2020. There's been a lot of names that have come out where teams have kind of said, you know, most notably here in Chicago, uh, the big defensive tackle, Eddie Goldman, uh, who's one of their top defensive tackle, has decided he's got some health concerns. He's going to sit out a year. But that's a, that's a big loss for the Bears. The Browns really haven't uh, had to experience that yet. Here's a question for you. If you do decide to uh, take a year off, do you still get paid or not? So you get paid – two different amounts depending if you're classed as a high risk um which means you're legitimately um what the government out there deem as like seriously endangered sort of diabetes blood issues then you get three hundred and fifty thousand. if you're uh, not one of those high risk people then you get one hundred and fifty thousand. what that does is basically your whole contract more or less pushes into next year 
the guarantees with it. And then that 350,000 or 150,000, you're just getting paid that a year early. So you're not in theory getting paid for a year, but they do give you an advance on that money because, hey, they, they don't want anyone to be at uh, risk and not able to pay their bills because they're a high-risk person. They can't go out. Must be a good situation for undrafted free agents. There could be quite a lot of call-ups this year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's no, a weird we... one that you've got. Oh, the, the risk that camp's getting cut, there's less opportunities. There's less pre-season there. But then there could be a lot more people drop out during the season and give them a shot to go. So I think it might be one where there's less on the roster week one, but then I think more will get a shot throughout the season because there'll be uh, more opportunities arise. It's going to be really interested if, say, someone in the wide receiver room gets it and then will the whole wide receiver, wide receiver room get it and you need a whole new wide receiver room. Six undrafted free agents coming in. That would just be heaven as an undrafted free agent person like myself. Yeah, I can, I can see the Browns putting in some protocols. You know, I have a little bit of expertise on kind of how buildings are managing. My guess is they're going to do something with, you know, ventilation is a big thing in terms of spread. So my guess is they're going to divide up these meetings to where, you know, you're never going to have Baker and, you know, what's his name, uh, Case Keenum. Keenum side by side. You're never going to have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Because you're right, Paul. If you lost Jarvis, Odell, Rashad, or Higgins, you lost a whole lot. Well, now you're really up a creek without a paddle. So they may stagger them and say, okay, these two, these two, these two. And I, Jack, how, they're getting tested, what, every three or four days or something? They're getting tested quite often. So I think it's every two days to begin with. And then if that goes well, I think it goes up to every four days or every week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they've, They've gone a lot higher to start with just to test through because the interesting thing, lots of people are talking about the baseball and the numbers out of there. But if you look at the ice hockey, they didn't have a single positive test for the entire season, I don't think, out of yeah. something like 4,500 tests. So well, there's loads of positives had, out there. They had all the players come to Edmonton and Toronto and not a single player showed up and tested positive. Major League Soccer has not had a positive test in a couple weeks, I want to say since beginning part of July, and I think the NBA, so we know that the guys are at least able to stay away from it. Baseball, the problem they have is they're doing some traveling, um, but the commissioner even came out and said, listen, we understand we're going to have cases. You know, you've got 25-man rosters, you got a lot of people, so they're just going to try to play through it. Jack, what articles have you been writing this week? So I've had two out this week. The first one was a question that's just been playing on my mind of what should we expect from Jedrick Wills? Year one, offensive tackle, first rounder. What do we generally see? And that's something you've heard all the hype of like the Browns have now got an amazing O-line. It's only what happens at right guard. And it's like, well, how hyped should we be about a rookie? And what does the data say? So I just went back and looked at all of the um, offensive tackles taken in the first round since the 2010 draft and went, how did they do in their first season? So we saw a breakdown. Um, I won't go into snaps. There's some didn't play any snaps and landed on IR. Um, but uh, what are you looking? Uh, 23 out of the 39 played over 750 snaps. Um, but where they actually performed 
it's somewhere between a 50 and 70 on the PFF rankings is where the majority dropped. And so if we do, just take the whole average, 67.1 was where we saw it. And looking at the tackles for last year, that's, it's going to be somewhere between 33rd and 44th best tackle. And to just compare that to a name that Browns fans would know, that's Greg Robinson last season. And that's the expectation. And, and that no way predicts what he's going to be in the future. I weren't interested in that. I was just looking year one, what are we going to see? Because that's, that's roughly what you see on average. Then you've obviously got, he's flipping from right tackle to left tackle. He's got a pandemic. And the first meaningful snap he's going to take in um, any NFL real environment is going to be week one. He hasn't got preseason snaps. They can't go, actually, we're going to give you the first half of all four of these games. We're really going to give you loads of time. So he's going in the deep end. And no, I think that's fair enough. If he can achieve middle of the road, you've got Conklin, who's going to be a lot better than that. That puts us in a really, really good position on the O-line. And what's yeah, your view think- on that? Honestly, with a rookie, you really just want to see him get better from week one to week 16. You know, you have one of the top O-line coaches in Bill Callahan. This is one of those things where if he starts the season maybe in that 16 to 25 range in terms of we'll go with a PFF ranking of sort, and maybe can finish the second half of the season in that 10 to 16 range where you're talking about playoff teams, I want him to be amongst, you know, the other playoff team caliber left tackles. And, you know, if that means earlier in the season, giving them some help with tight ends over the top or having a, you know, a bat coming out of the backfield and helping him chip a little bit, just to let him get his feet wet, kind of what Jack mentioned about him flipping from right to left. But just make sure he gets comfortable out there, develop some of that muscle memory. You know, I have no doubt that him and, you know, the, the Hoff, uh, Joe Thomas, have been working on things. So you just want to see him come out. You know, we got to understand he's going to have some false starts. We got to understand he's probably going to have a couple holes. He may get beat here or there. Let's not kill him. Let's just watch his progress as the season goes on. How good was Joe Thomas's first season? Stud. Yeah. Exception to all the rules. But give us, give us a rating then. Was he a top 10, top 20 in the first year? I believe Joe Thomas, who was the number three pick. I don't think PFF went back that far, have they, Jack? Uh, I don't think they'd have gone all the way back to his rookie season. The one thing I we have noted bowler, right? is a, a, the nearer to now you move, then first years are generally worse. And so there, there's a factor for that is um, less practice time in college as well as in the pros. And that has a knock-on impact. Um, obviously, with more and more passing, it does put more pressure on them. Um, but there's impacts where... It was easier back in the day. They had a lot more experience coming into the league, but then more time to build that in the league. Whereas less and less practice time hurts possibly offensive tackle and O-line even more than quarterback. It's probably the most sort of impacted position. So there will be that knock-on impact that someone like Joe Thomas in the past. And there's nothing saying he, he doesn't come out and smash it as like an 80-plus um, rated player it's just saying where should we expect it and I, and I think at the end of the day if he goes out there and he's the 33rd best offensive tackle in year one that's awesome puts him in really good stead for the future yeah Paul just giving that he was uh, pro football writers association all rookie team he did make the pro bowl as a rookie 
And by his second season, he was second team all pro. And by his third season, he was first team all pro, uh, 09 through 11, and then 13 through 16. So pretty much he was first or second team all pro from his second year in the league up until 2016. Guys, can we see him being pro bowl caliber this year? Pro bowls are fast anyway, so who yeah, cares? If he, he could be on maybe an alternate where it's like they come down a few because a lot of the top guys go off. Are they even going to play the Pro Bowl this year? You don't well, even know. I mean, they might not just say. I haven't heard anything about it, but I don't think anybody would miss it. A big event that's been cancelled, CES in Vegas. That's been cancelled next January. So it gives you a bit of an indication of, you know, it's not just 2020. It's starting to go into 2021 now. Well, Paul, don't, do you think that maybe has to do with the fact that all the plants have been down? I know a lot of the R&D, because, you know, CES is obviously big for unveiling new stuff. They might not have any products to unveil because they haven't been working for a good part of half the year. That's a fair point. Guys, Jack, do you think the season's going to go ahead? Yeah, the season's going to be fine. I'm, I'm not really worried. Um, yeah, ev- everything will be okay. Um, whether it gets delayed Plans in the stadium, Jack? Mm, no, I think some states might, um, but it's going to be spaced out. Um, you're going to have to wear a mask, they've already said. Um, I, I think at the end of the day, your best viewing experience is going to be at home. Ian, do you think the season's going to go ahead? Season's going to go ahead. I'm bummed. Browns are supposed to be playing the Bears on Sun, uh, this weekend here in Chicago. I was going to go to that. Then I'm bummed because they were supposed to go to Green Bay in week two. I was going to go get a cheap ticket to Lambeau Field. Now I'm going to have to pay like $500 to go see him in 2021 up in Lambeau. Also bummed. I kind of wanted to go to Dallas. I wanted to see down there. Now we're going to have to wait eight more years to get down there. I know Jack, you would talk about coming over. You know, it's just kind of a bummer. Even if they do allow, say, 10, 20,000 fans and 0% chance you're going to be allowed to travel from Ohio to Texas, you know, they're going to pretty much probably restrict it to the season holders and, you know, anybody from out of state trying to come into the games is probably going to get restricted. So definitely a bummer, but, you know, in the long run, they're going to sacrifice one season. It's kind of the idea in terms of the fan experience. Jack, what was your other article on, mate? So the other article was just looking at the salary cap. So in next season, um, the 2021 season, it's more or less going to be a 175 million salary cap. So that's a reduction from 192, um, sorry, a um, yeah, 198.2 uh, down to 175. And when you're usually seeing 10 million increase each year on top, that is a massive drop you're looking at about 35 million you've got to cut and that's not coming out of the rookies because the rookies pretty much locked in it's not coming out of the top players because the top quarterbacks and everyone's still going to get paid that's all coming out of the middle of the roster so how are teams going to deal with it so i just went deep on what are the browns committed to this year what are they committed to next year players potentially at risk Obviously, one of the hardest parts of predicting it is we still don't know Miles Garrett's contract numbers. They will come out eventually, but we don't have them yet. But we've got sort of 39 key players locked in for next year. Um, and Oh, sorry, 35. And it's just the pieces around them. Obviously, you've got players like Kareem Hunt. You've got um, Richardson, who's at risk of getting cut. You've got uh, the two one-techs in... Ogan, Joby and Billings, who are out of contract. You've got Vernon out of contract. 
So there's lots of different stuff going on and it's how do we replace that. But overall, the Browns are in a fantastic position unlike many teams. They've got a lot of cheap players. They've got this massive cap rollover still going from the Sashi era. Got 10 draft picks that is going to be really, really important as well because if you can add more draft picks, it saves money in the middle of the roster because rather than a, a vet taking up two, three million, you've got a rookie on 700,000, then that frees up money to do other stuff. So Browns are in a really, really tasty position. They can probably be one of the teams taking advantage of that middle of the roster getting wiped out by teams. And a player that maybe is on 5 million this year is going to be on 2 million next year on a one-year deal. And then we're able to pick up a few of those. So I'd expect a really, really strong middle of the roster for the Browns next year. They can go and really reap it. There's a few players that are at risk. Um, Richardson is the headline one. He is playing this year for 31 NFL teams. And the one he isn't playing for is the Browns because they ain't going to be playing him next year. He is definitely a uh, getting cut. And that, the reason for that is that just saves so much money. So... What's his number? He's due 16.7 million next year. If you cut on trade him, you get 1.7 million in dead caps. So that's 15 million saving, which means he's gone. And um, you've got Njoku that they could decide to move. Personally, I'd keep him. Hubbard is a lock to go. It's only 3 million, but it all helps. And then the other one is potentially what they, they do with Landry or Beckham. And it's something we discussed on this podcast before we even knew there was a pandemic and everything else going on. So you've got a few different options. You can obviously trade one. The issue is who wants to take on a trade for an expensive wide receiver? Um, so that's going to be unlikely. You can cut one. Um, obviously, it's probably more likely to be Landry just because he's less valuable. But it would be interesting to see. The third option is the Browns could look to do extensions. So they can extend, maybe not even adding on years, but fully guaranteeing the rest of his deal and going, actually, we just need you to cut your salary next year to, let's say, from 15 million down to five. And then we'll put five million on each of those next two years to balance it out so you can jump back up and account for that. So they could do some weird stuff. Um, but the Browns are in a pretty strong position. They've backloaded these deals. They can deal with the consequences down the line. But uh, what do you make of it, in? Well... I do think you're right. They're going to do some funny stuff with the deals. They're definitely going to have to move some of the money around. To your point, the rookies are the rookies, and the vets are going to be the vets. I think the biggest place you're going to be impacted is the free agency is going to virtually go away. Now, where the Browns could parlay that into something beneficial, a guy like Carl Joseph, who's on a one-year deal, he's not going to want to go to free agency next year. Because think about it, teams are going to have – 30 odd million dollars less to spend now halfway through the season he's performing hey man let's extend me for another year let's try to get this done teams are going to get very creative so the Browns I don't know if I'll give them all the credit for the you know the foresight and saying hey uh we're going to sign a lot of these one-year deals for billings and stuff like that but they do have the opportunity mid-season to make some calls on these guys push them back another year so they don't hit that free agency bubble. Because come springtime, there's college football going on. The draft could be all screwed up. There's this huge land of the unknown. And a lot of these guys, they don't, they're do not they not good with the unknown. Lock in another thing and let's roll. Yeah, I think the bye week's going to be massive for loads of deals getting done for all teams. Just to go, we want this guy, let's, let's do it. Um, obviously, yeah. it can go up slightly from 175, but it's not going to. 
Um, and then there'll be slight impacts the year after and the year after that, but uh, it's probably going to be minimal. So it's one we'll see down the line, but the Browns are in a good spot. To understand what they did for, you know, I know some of us are trends and others. The NFL and the they're going to take the entire loss of revenue and spread it out in 25% increments over four years. So in essence, while it may be shifting, even in the, subs, uh, in the following three years, they are going to have a reduction of what the cap should have been because they didn't want to just all of a sudden roller coaster down for a year. So if I read that right, 25% a year for basically the next four years is what they're going to have to make up. Yeah, we'll see a lot more details because they don't know the final number yet. So um, they're going to drop to 175 and then whatever's left, they'll work it out. The best is yeah, while all this uh, is going on. Jack and I are going on. Jack's got the numbers. Paul's face is just like, you guys in these damn numbers. Like, wow. Big, big shout to Frank. The Tank 52 is trying, trying out with the Browns facility today. He's got a bit of a uh, Cleveland Browns fans uh, favorite. Yeah, no, I saw that. It's uh, Good luck to the guy. It's going to be really, really tough. Even if he does well, um, maybe a practice squad. Maybe it's just one they... they they keep around if they promote someone, stick him on a practice squad. But, uh, hey, at the end of the day, it's been his dream. And uh, at least he can say he got a workout, even if it don't work out. Yeah, that's the thing. He's, he's put in the effort. He looks like there's definitely the drive there. Now I think it's a good time for him to see, you know, how do you stack up? Because I think a lot of times we sometimes overvalue our athleticism. Then you show up against these, these guys and you're like, wait a minute now. <laughs> wait, Ooh, these guys are pretty good, so. Best of luck to him. Any, uh, any major people uh, falling out with the um, Ravens or the Steelers or the Bengals? Not really. Uh, these Joe no. Burrow signed today. Uh, Goldman's out for the Bears. Marquise Goodwin, I saw, is out for the Eagles. Uh, Michael Pierce, who I believe was the D tackle with the Ravens, yeah. now with the Vikings. I think he's out. Um, I saw Patrick Mahomes is into the Kansas City Royals baseball team ownership group. So he's already spending part of his a half a billion dollars. Um, really, the NFL has been pretty quiet. I'm sure we're going to see more players. I know it was recently announced that Titans first round pick, the offensive tackle out of George Isaiah Wilson. He's going on the COVID list. Um, so you're just going to see guys like that popping and out. All right, guys. Anything else you want to finish up on? No, I, th I think that's pretty much it. It's a um, lot going on. Um, but no, any questions, guys, you always know where we all are on Twitter. Just hit us up on there. My DMs are open. Um, happy to answer anything. There's quite a few people jumping in with all the cap questions. But uh, no, always good to get together and chat. It's just at Jack Duffin, J-A-C-K-D-U-F-F-I-N. Ian, what's your details? Ian19 on Twitter. And guys... It's Paul Brown underscore UK on TikTok at the moment. That's the flavor of the month. The Ooh. Chinese love you. They're getting all of your information. Got no problems with that, man. I've got nothing to hide like you, Ian. That's right. Transparent as could be. Guys, I'm thinking, breaking news, if I'm not traveling out to America this year, I'll be hosting something exciting game day. Well, I'll be sitting home it. with my dog because he's due in two and a half weeks. And uh, yeah, Listen, that, you're, you're taking that dog to Paul's tailgate. You got to have a dog at the dog pound. Yeah, we'll, we'll see about that. Fan. I don't want to crop that dog too young. <laughs> I'll be sitting there crying every night with memories <laughs> scarred for life. 
Uh, he's a, he'll be a Chelsea fan too, so it'll be it'll balance out. Not necessarily, Ian. Oh, it weren't memories of the Browns, it was memories of Paul. Oh, <laughs> well, that's true. Uh, all right, guys. guys. Great trying it out. And like I said, if anybody has any questions or anything, shoot them our way. Great news, guys. The season's about to start. Go Browns. Go Browns. Go Browns. Go Browns.